going on guys it's your boy matt st jack whether you're an avid anime fan a wee tadpole still finding your way or anywhere in between i'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new think yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in i know you can't wait to hear and i can't wait to tell so let's get to it this is matt st jack with anime talk let's go Tonight, on a Halloween special edition of Director's Cut, we will be reviewing Nailgun Massacre. So stay tuned. The show starts right now. Happy Halloween, everyone, and welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And we're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it. And that's right. It's the spooky season finally, right, Robert? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's our favorite time. It's a early Halloween Christmas for us. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the entire month is just one big celebration of everything that is macabre and everything that is all dark and twisted and horrific and whatnot, right? Yeah, it gives me a reason to watch the Halloween franchise again. Exactly. There's always a good reason to watch the Halloween franchise, but you know. I mean, I'm I'm always watching the Halloween franchise, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I don't know. But tonight, we are celebrating the Halloween season by checking out something that I would say is probably closer to an exploitation movie than we've normally done on the the Director's Cut uh, Halloween special. Another cult classic. Another cult classic uh, coming out of Texas by a director named uh, Terry Lofton, and we are talking Nail Gun Massacre. Now, this is a kind of a... Kind of a sleeper hit right you know i mean i actually came across this at uh at cd exchange for like 3.99 which which was actually quite surprising i mean it, it's released by synapse uh, re- films and everything so yeah that's a hell of a deal how it, you found it, that it's a great deal honestly three dollars i mean i was looking it up it goes anywhere from 20 30 to 80 dollars you know at the very least right I'm like what the hell how'd you get this for two bucks almost <laughs> I know. I mean, it was actually a it was actually a hell of a uh, of a deal, and uh, I, I ended up getting that with Hell of the Living Dead and a two pack of uh, Stephen King movies. And honestly, I, I remember when I showed it to you, you were just like, "Oh wow, I remember this off of Tubi." Yeah, I was freaking out. I was like, "How the hell did you get this?" I'm sure this has got to be a lot of money. Though. Oh, <laughs> easily. It's good. It, but I mean, I I barely paid not even four dollars for it so yeah so hell yeah but i mean this movie is uh, one of those types of exploitation movies where i mean you're either going to get it or you're not you know 
It's it doesn't have a whole lot of middle ground, like something like say Slumber Party Massacre or you know even something like a, a little more extreme like a Cannibal Ferox or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, th- this is something that. I mean, I, I, like I said, it's more exploitation than horror, although it does have a slasher element to it and everything. Yeah, it's got like a, a shape effect to it, too. They keep them in the corner, right? like mostly, too. For the most part. And, I mean, the uh, face is fully obscured, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's talk about the uh, killer, first of all. Well, let's just go ahead and get right into that. The killer is in, like, a dark black and gray camo kind of yeah like they just robbed a, or he just robbed an army surplus store or something yeah yeah he's got he's got the black camo he's got a pneumatic uh, well i mean not so much a he that's a she but we'll get into it here in a second uh he has a pneumatic uh nail gun with a with an air compressor and everything and he talks in this in this uh really deeply synthesized voice you know like i mean and he makes this weird moaning sound that you hear like constantly throughout the whole movie. Like even even the uh, the 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 title sequence, it, it doesn't have a uh, soundtrack to it more than it's just like <laughs> just imagine that just a little more heavily synthesized. It's the guy who came in second to Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh yeah, you were showing me on uh, Flight of the Navigator. It kind of sounded kind of similar to that, right? Yeah, I was like, dude, that's straight up Flight of the Navigator voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Oh man, who doesn't love that movie? I mean, Fred Savage in, in a Disney movie, and Pee Wee Herman as the voice of the of the alien. That's great. But yeah, in this movie, the uh, the killer. Has all kinds of one-liners, and that's because uh, Terry Lofton initially wanted to make this more of a straight horror movie, but I guess it just kind of dragged a little too much, so he decided to kind of add more comedic lines to to the movie, and namely with the killer and everything, and I mean, I guess that's one of the things that makes this killer, like, actually pretty memorable compared to other slasher movie killers at the time. You know, I mean, pretty creative too. I mean, right? Nail gun. Yeah, with a nail gun. I mean, I, I can I can kind of see why they went with a nail gun though, mainly because I mean, it's it's a cheap as a prop for one. Yeah. I mean, plus and, everything's already been done, right? Yeah, and also I mean the gore effects that they would have to use to make a believable nail gun wound is not really that extensive. You know? No, the blood work looks amazing with those nails on them, though. It, it's actually not half bad blood work, and, and honestly, no. I think it's because of the simplicity of the weapon. You know, it's yeah. it, it's just a nail gun and everything. It, it, it rigged a nail gun, obviously. Yeah, they rigged the triggers, so we'll just. Normally, you would have to push that against wood and then fire it in. But. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like a, uh, a a bolt that you have to push in on the nozzle, but, yeah, and then you hit the trigger. Yeah. yeah. There's a way of rigging that to where it's like all the way back. <laughs> oh, God. I wouldn't be surprised if that's illegal as fuck. Yeah, that's some dangerous shit the fuck was. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, kids, don't go modding your uh, your air uh, nail guns uh, to shoot automatically. It's not, not really a good idea. Yeah, don't do that. I've done that actually once. I mean, I shot it into the woods when we were building a house just, just to see it, you know, <laughs> held the trigger. Ta, 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 ta. 
<laughs> Very easy to do. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, it's fun as fuck. I'm, I'm sure that if you just set up like a uh, piece of plywood or something and just riddle it with nails, I mean, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I could see the, the value there. I mean, hell, there's even a scene in this movie where these two these two dickhead construction workers who, I mean, who by the way, well, we'll get into why this uh, person is killing all of them here in a little bit, but... Yeah, the, these two dickheads, they're straight up like sh trying to shoot each other with these fucking nail guns. It's like, motherfuckers, it's like y'all are literally shooting projectile weapons yeah, at each other. That's pretty stupid. It, it's dumb as fuck, honestly. But, yeah, the the uh, killer is uh, quite interesting and quite memorable. But the catalyst for this killer's rampage is... Actually, the very first scene that we see in this movie, and it just kind of goes into it like, like at 100 miles an hour, you know, like it just goes straight into it. And of course, it's just a straight up uh, gang rape that's happening by these construction workers or this one, this one girl that's delivering materials to them. Oh man, that's horrible! <clears throat> horrible, dude. Oh, it's absolutely horrible, and it's, I mean, compared to. Other exploitation movies where, you know, there are rape scenes and sexual assault scenes, I should say. I mean, it's not the most graphic one that I've seen. Yeah, I've seen some shit. You sold me some shit. I mean, yeah, man. It's like, th this is no, like, irreversible or... Uh, or I spit on your grave, that matter. And, you know, I, I spit on your grave. I mean, that's very much an exploitation movie, but... I always kind of thought that there was a, uh, it was actually uh, really gritty and really raw how they showed those, uh, the, the scenes of the actual sexual assault. You know, it's, it's like, that's not meant to be a fun or pleasant experience in any way. It's, yeah. it's, it's shown for what it is. Yeah, this one's more Hitchcockian. This, it's, it's Hitchcockian, but it's also yeah. kind of, uh, not graph, not as graphic. Just, yeah. just, the, just the actual act of these these big burly dudes holding this yeah. poor woman down. Yeah, that's pretty it's much like that, where that's it goes more to. traumatizing. That that's the most traumatizing thing about it. Holding her down and then it leaves it yeah, up. It's, to the, leaves it up to the imagination. Yeah, after that. and I mean, I, I, it was something that was very, very common in a lot of exploitation movies at that time. You know, but I mean. I would. I, I'm not gonna say that any of them were done tastefully. You know, like, like I spit on your grave was probably the closest that got to it, and that's still a pretty raunchy representation of a very, very serious and sensitive topic. You know, but it it, it was common for sexual assault to be used as a catalyst for these types of rampages in these types of movies, you know? Yeah, like I was watching some necromance shit too, like yeah. on Tubi. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, there's some stuff on Tubi that uh, is kind of down that. It's like, I mean, the, the, the whole rape revenge uh, genre is a whole thing. And I guess you could say this is a rape revenge movie. Yeah, back then your schools even talked about like rape and necromancy, you know, too. Necromancy. Like, oh, that sounds like some satanic panic. I bullshit. was like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? What are we into here? Yeah, yeah. The, the the problem with that is that it it actually minimized actual sexual assaults that happened. Yeah. You know, trying to make it like some satanic cult thing, and that that, that was, and, and and that led to actual like uh, 
to people being harmed, you know? I mean, it led led to innocent people being... More uh, home invasions, more brutal uh, No, not even that. Not even that. It led to false accusations that innocent people went to prison for. Oh, yeah, just because of the way they looked, yeah. Yeah, the way they looked or because they happened to run a daycare that people started rumors about. I mean... If you had a mola, yeah, you were going to jail, I guess, right? Or wearing uh, black... All black. black, like the West Memphis Three. But yeah, they had mullets and black. But those, those are all, you know, completely different. Looking know? like they were grunge, in, right? I mean, in, in, in this movie, yeah, I mean, it, the uh, sexual assault is the catalyst for this rampage. Although there is a little bit of a twist near the end, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But as far as the movie itself... I mean, the pacing is very watchable, but there are some moments where you can tell that there were just some locals used instead of like actual actors. Like we just saw the scene in the uh, general store where these these uh, three characters. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're, they're even they even come back again after a certain point in the movie. These three characters are staying in that in that house, and. I mean, yeah, they're uh, picking up uh, groceries and everything at the general store. And, yeah, this this old lady is sitting there just making this inane converse- conversation. And she looks at the camera a couple of times, if you watch her closely. She straight looks at the fucking camera. So, and, and, and there's this one scene where a body is found and the uh, supposed property owner comes over. And he's, he's this old redneck who you can barely understand what he says and everything. And at one point, whenever they leave, it's just like... Hey, what, what are y'all going to do about this? You're stiff here. Y'all ain't going to just leave this right here, are you? Boom Howard. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, straight Boom Howard. It's like, I mean, if, if you live in Texas like us, I mean, you've known at least one Boom Howard type person, you know? <laughs> You've you known at least a few, you know? And you know exactly what I'm talking about, right, Robert? Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, yeah. We, we, we've all had to speak with a Boom Howard if we've been in Texas. But, yeah, I mean, this movie is... Also, Texas is fuck, honestly. It takes place in Texas. It's Texas in the 80s, which is just a, a specific flavor, you know? Yeah, it's like, man, we live here too. Why can't we do something like this? I don't know. We probably should. I mean, we'll eventually work our way to a feature. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost kind of feels like this uh, movie could have been happening at the same time that the events of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was happening. I was thinking that. It feels like very texas chainsaw massacre like really very yeah that that makes me think if the if this is a, like in the same proximity as each other it's like who would win uh the nail gun killer or leatherface who would win in a fight oh man i don't know <laughs> i mean you would figure that the nail gun killer would have a little bit of a ranged weapon so yeah, i mean the nails yeah but, I mean, then again, you have Leatherface's brute strength versus uh, the reach of his chainsaw. Probably deflect nails with his chainsaw. Yeah. He could. Like a sword, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past uh, uh, Leatherface to be able to not only deflect them, but also take quite a few of them and not, yeah. like, you know, succumb to any wounds. Yeah, I bet he'd pull them out all later and then stitch them up. Like, nah, he'd take as much as he needs to and then, you know, kill, kill this dude. Yeah, I mean, totally. Eine friedliche Stadt, irgendwo in Amerika. Ich sagte, tu das Ding weg! Tu das weg! Du hast mich angepisst. 
Würgegriff der Angst. Die Lösung der Mordfälle scheint so nah zu sein. Doch dann folgt wieder ein Nailgun-Massaker. Großer Gott. Grausam verstümmelte Leichen sollen den Weg des Kindes. Hemmungsloser Wahnsinn. Ein Film des Erfolgsproduzenten Terry Loftus. Es geht doch nichts über gesundes Arbeiten an der frischen Luft. Ein Meisterwerk, das in der USA bereits eine feste Fangemeinde hat. Nailgun Massacre. Jetzt auch bei uns. Hey, mal sehen, ob du in meinem nächsten Film mitmachen darfst. I mean, they're, they're very similar. They're kind of similar movies in a way. I mean, it's, this to me almost kind of has a weird quality to it, not unlike, uh, you know, what's what's another good movie? It's 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 not unlike uh, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit. You right? like Town the Dreaded Sundown was Texas. Yeah, a too. little bit, a little bit Town the Dreaded Sundown a little bit. Right. right? Yeah, All exactly. the same thing. Just looking for a killer on the loose road. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit of a mystery involved, you know, which kind of makes it giallo-ish, maybe. I mean, I know I like to point that out with a lot of slasher movies, but yeah, you know, I mean, giallos were. I mean, a lot of this stuff was inherited from giallos. Yeah. A lot of it was, and this kind of seems like a real Texas-flavored variation of that, you know. Except, except we have more of a quippy uh, American slasher killer here, yeah, as opposed to the. Uh, you know, the gloved, uh, you know, point of view killer that most Giallos had. Yeah, the first person glove night. And that Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp had. Yeah, this yeah. is more Ryan Gosling, Place Beyond the Pines. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you keep on bringing up Place Beyond the Pines. Because right at the end where he falls and dies. Oh, that looks very, <laughs> yeah, that looks almost exactly like Ryan Gosling in that movie. It does. It's <laughs> the same way he felt. He was wearing the same coveralls. Yeah, Ryan Gosling, li literally you and Ash. Yeah, in, in some universes. In some universes, it's like, yeah, Ryan Gosling is literally Robert. Robert or Ash. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. You 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 are both Knuff. You're 100% Knuff. Pretty sure everybody's got a little Gosling in them. Everybody's got some Gosling in them. Little baby Gosling in you. Little baby Gosling, man. Little, little gooses. Kind of like how Dakota was going to be the Gosling. Yeah, it's going to make him a star, but then... But then, yeah, tragedy. He, de he declined it. I was gonna bring yep. it up. I was gonna make Young Hercules again, but no. Young Hercules, this motherfucker. Oh, what? We we're gonna let him become uh, Kevin Sorbo or something? <laughs> I don't think anyone should become Kevin Sorbo. I don't think Kevin Sorbo wants to be Kevin Sorbo. No, nah, I think he's tired of his. I think he's done with his own career. <laughs> he's done with his own career. It's all just fucking Christian movies, anyways. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, I lived off of Hercules enough and my face, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> So, Robert, as far as uh, one-off slasher movies go, where do you think Nailgun Massacre kind of uh, ranks among, like, you know, you know those one-off movies, kind of like Chopping Mall 
or you know uh, the initiation, yeah, you know stuff like that. Like, how do you think that this movie kind of stands in, in uh, comparison? Um, you know, I wouldn't throw it away. I think it fits right in there too because I don't think a lot of people a lot of people have seen this. I think this is just something that was like right at the end of the eighties that just went over everybody's head. You know what I mean? Yeah, for the most part. For, I mean, not, this, for not being mainstream budget, too. Yeah, yeah. this seems like a very under-the-radar kind of movie for for the most part. Although, I mean, it, it, it was on Tubi not too long ago. I don't yeah. think it's on there anymore. But, yeah, I mean, thank, thank goodness for Tubi for bringing movies like this kind of back out into the into the fold and whatnot. You yeah. Know, uh, and honestly, thank goodness for Synapse Films for releasing stuff like this on DVD back in the day because, I mean, these are these are movies that otherwise would just completely just rot in some fucking uh, basement of some old uh, owner of like a video store or something. You know, I mean, I'm kind I'm I'm glad that we're able to see this movie. Yeah. I'm glad that I that I found this movie and I got to see it too because. I was telling you, dude, we should have seen this a long time ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, th this is totally up our alley when it comes to horror and exploitation cinema. You know, I mean, dare I say it, this is almost a low-budget late night. Oh, def definitely. This is a... I would have this in my video store playing all... Keep going. Yeah, exactly. Re yeah, yeah, shit, right? yeah, yeah. Throw, throw, it on the, uh, throw it on the main TV while uh, everybody's shopping. There you go. Yeah, I mean that—that's old school shit right there. That's some shit that the kiddos don't know anything about. Oh hell no! Hold hell no. But also, I mean, this movie has quite a bit of the uh, of the booba in it, right? The booba. The boobas. Gazongas. The gazongas. Yeah, so the sex scenes in this movie—I I mean, some of them are a little gratuitous, I feel, and also like not well directed i feel you know hmm like a after the first killing we see uh we see a sex scene between uh, this uh one construction worker i think he was one of the people that was there at the rape scene or not i don't know i don't remember but yeah it's it just kind of goes into this random sex scene and you know the girl is just topless the whole time so i mean it it definitely uh I mean, it definitely gains its uh, exploitation bona fides there a little bit. He's I mean, crucifying everybody with these with this uh, nail gun, dude. Yeah, pretty much crucifying. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like like a crucifixion spree in a way, right? Yeah. You know, like even just la leaving people to just kind of bleed out. Mm -hmm. You know, like this one poor dude that uh, that's nailed to the asphalt. Yeah, was just trying to hitch a ride, really. Just trying to hitch a ride, and then just gets murked. That's the way it goes in these types of movies, right? Yeah, happens every day though too. <laughs> Don't take rides, strangers. But uh, yeah, but also there's a scene. Uh, there's a scene where two characters are making some love and they get murked by the uh, killer, and uh, it's like they actually saw, they actually saw some penis in that in that scene briefly. They showed some dick. It's like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> it's like. I mean, what do you think about that, Robert? I mean, it's artsy, right? It's artsy, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah see, it, it, but isn't it weird that it's like, it's like uh, trashy if it's you know just boobs, but if it's dick, it's artsy. 
It's all artsy, you know. It's all artsy, right? It's all right? for an art, yeah. It's all for art, bro. You gotta die for your art, right? You gotta die for your art, bro. But, yeah, and th there's also the that scene... And there's also that scene later on in that little, uh, that little Ferrari wannabe car. With the, <laughs> there's that whole scene where this dude's taking a girl out on a date. They go and they, uh, he meets up with one of his other old flames who humiliates him at a Dairy Queen. And then they, they go off and they start to have some sex. But then they're murked by the, uh, they're murked by the, uh, the nail gun killer. The Zodiac killer with the nail the gun. The Zodiac killer. <laughs> with the nail gun. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, and, and that that's another scene where we see some some nudity. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this is all par for the course when it comes to these types of movies, you know. But as far as the uh, as far as the kills themselves are concerned, there's some very very notable ones. There like one dude, he's taking a piss, uh the killer comes up uh, right behind him. And then he turns around and he literally pisses on on their leg, and then the the killer's like, "Well, now you just pissed me off." Uh, the <laughs> and, and then straight up nails him in the dick, like straight up, just straight in the dick, man. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Like what the fuck? And, and then there's the, uh, the, the of course there was the aforementioned uh, nude lovers who were killed, the the two uh, the the uh, boyfriend and girlfriend in the woods and everything. And uh, then, of course, there's that first killing that happens at, at the beginning of the movie, with which is obviously one of the dudes from the uh, from the sexual assault at the construction site, and uh, he he's uh, he's nailed pretty uh, quickly. <laughs> and I think that it's uh, it's implied that the killer uh, kills the uh, wife and the little kid as well. We're we're just not shown that or anything. Mm. But also, near the end of the movie, we finally get the twist of who the killer actually was. It's Ryan it's, Gosling. It's oh. Ryan Gosling. Sorry. <laughs> it's actually kind of heavily implied that it was the woman who was uh, victimized by the construction workers at, yeah. the, uh, at the construction site. But inexplicably, as it turns out, it's her brother. It's not her. And that's weird because you can really look at the killer and everything and you can definitely tell that that was a woman that they have dressed up in that uh, behind that mask and everything and, and that motorcycle helmet and whatnot mm -hmm. i mean but and, and there's even some dialogue in uh, one of the uh, kill scenes when when she's taking care of a couple of uh the the, the aforementioned uh, construction workers that were uh, having a nail gun war she she kills uh, them and even even implies that she is the one who actually was uh, was the victim and everything, and and, and it's like well all right that that right there uh, should uh, pretty much prove it right. But even in this scene that's playing right now, where these first two construction workers are uh, going to the uh, lumber yard and everything, there's this uh, there's this one scene where the brother he just says like like he says like I'll be seeing you later. I'll be seeing you guys I'll later. I'll be seeing you guys later. So there's also that little uh, foreshadowing. So honestly, it, it feels like it could have gone either way. It could have been the brother or the sister, but I feel like they really kind of pushed that it was the sister, and I yeah. feel like they just kind of 
they just kind of changed that at the last minute, right? Yeah, I think they, they wanted the, the audience to believe that it was the sister, right? Yeah, they really did. They really wanted the audience to believe it. Even I wouldn't even be surprised if the actress that plays the uh, the woman who was uh, raped is is actually the one in the uh, in the costume. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was the one that played the actual killer. Which interestingly enough makes her one of the few uh, masked female killers. That's in, true. In, in a slasher movie, we don't have too many of those, do we? Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying masked, you know, because, you know, we have, of course, we had Angela in Sleepaway Camp, but she wasn't a masked killer. You know, she was just, she was just a killer, uh, a point of view killer, you know. Hmm. Maybe not a masked killer, but a mass killer, right? Yeah, not a masked killer, but a masked killer. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but... If you watch this movie, another thing that you'll notice is that the sound design isn't really that great. I mean, it, it's, it sounds like the, uh, the uh, music is always mixed a little louder than the dialogue. The dialogue always feels like it's really, really back in the mix. It, it's, expect to turn your TV up a little bit or whatever sound system you're watching this on. Like, even if you're uh, watching the Blu-ray version or anything like that, it's... It, it's very amateurish. I mean, this is amateur hour when it comes down to it, right? Yeah. When it comes down to the acting and a lot of the directing, it, it is amateur hour. You know, you're not going to get in any, you're not going to get like Evil Dead levels of acting here, which was like nah. superlative acting for a debut horror feature. Even that was know? amateur in his day, too. And right? even that was amateur. Yeah. Even that was amateur hour, first. but that was like done much better than this. Yeah, first starting out, it was amateur. Yeah. yeah. But it's it also has a lot of passion to it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could tell that, you know, Terry Lofton, he wanted to try to make a straight horror film, but also just decided to throw a little bit of comedy in there when that wasn't necessarily working out for him. But I guess maybe we can go ahead and start kind of wrapping things up here. Uh, Robert, what are your uh, final thoughts on uh, Nailgun Massacre? Um, you know, it's, it's still a movie that I'd put on over and over, actually. Actually, I don't think I'm even done watching it. You know, I'm not sick of it. Oh, no. I wonder yeah. if Tubi still has it, but... I checked... Uh, doesn't seem like they have it, but there is a uh, there is a fully uncut version on YouTube if you know where to look for yeah. it. It's, it has a Spanish uh, name, but it's not it's not in like subtitled or it's not dubbed in Spanish. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I I feel what you're saying. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't throw it away, man. I just I'm just a little irritated that, or I'm a little. Mad that we hadn't seen it before, you know? Like I know, you know? Exactly. This is exactly the type of movie that is right down our alley. Yeah. You know? I probably only watched this like maybe two years ago, you know? Yeah. So, it, it was two years ago, really? Probably two or three years ago. I, yeah. was, I was like, See, dude. The thing is, I do kind of remember maybe watching it with you. Yeah. Because I remember this movie before I actually bought it on DVD. Yeah. I was like, dude, you got to see this. <laughs> Fucking nail gun. Hell yeah. But as far as my final thoughts on this movie, I think it's it's infinitely watchable for a uh, 
for a first time horror slasher movie out of Texas, you know, I mean, you're not going to get really, you know, solid acting here. I mean, you're, you're not going to get like the greatest, you know, slasher story. I mean, it's, it's even, dare I say, kind of formulaic in some ways, yeah. you know? I mean, it, it does seem like this cycle of, you know, we introduce the victims, the victims kind of, you know, make asses of themselves, and then the killer shows up, and then, you know, mm. kind of torments them a little bit, and then shoots them with the nail gun and moves on. Yeah. You know, it, it's very formulaic, and yeah, the the... The audio isn't particularly great, but somehow it still manages to be watchable. Yeah, so you, you watch it for the first time, I, th I think you'll like it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll absolutely hold your attention, especially if you're the type like us who, you know, we like to get together, grab some beers, smoke a little bud, and watch just some crazy or dumb or old school horror movies, you know? And yeah. this is perfect for that. This is what I would totally call a beer drinking movie. This, I mean, this is tailor-made for slugging down a six-pack, you know, eat, chowing down on some munchies and hanging out with your friends. It's absolutely that kind of movie. <clears throat> and I bet it wouldn't be half bad in a movie theater even with a, with a good crowd. Man, put it on a, a freaking big like drive-in screen. It'd be cool. I know. Yeah, this would be a perfect drive-in movie, actually. Mm -hmm. This would be absolutely perfect. Bunch for of kids just want to see somebody get killed. Just yeah, like, just, just want to see a bunch of boobs and blood yeah. and everything. See a good horror movie. So like, just throw it off. They'll like it. Exactly. I mean, th this this checks all the boxes there. You know, you get your uh, you get your boobs. You get your your sexy time. You get your blood. You get your you get your quippy uh, comedic killer and everything. And your ass to sell movie, Greg. Yeah, yeah, show ass to sell movie. Of course, you know that's what this dude is doing. Yeah, we're we're at the uh, scene with the uh, two lovers in the forest, and they're just ass naked. So yeah, you got to show ass to sell movie, Greg. Basically, freaking Zodiac killing shit here. Yeah, yeah, this feels very much like the Zodiac killer or like uh, Town that Dreaded Sun Sundown. Sundown, yeah. It, re it really feels a lot like that kind of movie, Same you thing. know, yeah. which is about a killer just raking havoc in a small town in Texarkana. Texarkana, you know, which is kind of Texas, kind of Arkansas, kind of uh, a little bit of both, you know. Oh yeah, Texarkana. But yeah, and, and also, I mean, if you live in Texas, like I think you'll really love this movie because this just has, you know, uh, straight up rural Texas written all over it. Oh, yeah. Dairy Queens and everything. Yeah, yeah. Even the Dairy Queen is there. <laughs> like, definitely. But anyway, uh, Robert, what's going on with Texas Sundown? Um... Ash is finishing up some of the editing right now with the credits and some of the intros. Excellent. And uh, I, I should be going out there to Houston with them. We'll start working on some music too. Yeah, dude. I, I would. I would at least like for y'all to, you know, like, like, are y'all gonna actually try to choose a soundtrack and everything? Uh, it'll probably. Be a long, a few hours before you even find what looks good. You know what I mean? It's a whole process. You, you, I mean, you know that I want to actually do the mixing on that. Yeah, I mean, so we're gonna we we were gonna hit it to you to do the mixing, but yeah, we're probably gonna stay up for like maybe four days. I, I'd like to and maybe do a little bit of sound editing as well. I mean, yeah. I have a few ideas, 
right now it's just finding what fits right now and what we can actually use, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And uh how how it all plays together, right? Exactly. And and, and how we, you know, place everything and edit everything down. And yeah. I'm I'm yeah. just I'm just trying to find something that'll sell this thing really. And uh we've been working out it. I don't want it to flop, really. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, look for a Texas Sundown coming out very soon. It's uh, written and produced by uh, – it, it's written and starring uh, Robert Ortegon. Uh, cinematography by yours truly. Me and too. Some, and some directing. And also some cinematography by – and directing by uh, Robert. It's kind of, a, kind of a collaboration more than anything. Yeah, right? all, the, all the still shots are pretty much me. Uh. Yeah. And then a lot of the actual shots with actors and everything, that's more or less me working you, on it. You, Jesse. Yeah. Exactly. Me, we all switch back and forth with a yep. camera. It, it was a real collaborative uh, effort, man, and I, I think that it's something that we'll really be proud of. I think that's how you have to do it, you know. Yeah, exactly. You got to work gotta, with you got to work with what you got. You know? Exactly, and with who you have as well. Exactly. You know. As for uh, collateral cinema, our first uh, season should be underway at the uh, moment of uh, release of this episode. Uh, we're actually recording this. Uh, like several weeks early in advance. Uh, but we should have our Halloween episode out, which is Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers. That, that was a fun episode. We did that with Ash and everything that that was fun. And our first episode, our season premiere of season seven is going to be Freddy versus Jason. And we're going to be joined by Stu at, uh, SWO productions and uh, we're going to also be doing uh, Trick or Treat, the 2007 anthology movie, which is a Halloween as fuck movie, if you ask me. You know, it's and, and honestly, being an anthology is actually a perfect way to convey a bunch of different scary stories in a small, you know, period of time in a movie and everything, you know. So so definitely look for that. And on Collateral Gaming, uh, I know for a fact that I'm going to be on a couple of episodes uh, this month regarding Dino Crisis and Resident Evil 3. I don't remember if those are necessarily uh, Halloween episodes or not, but uh, yeah, look for that. And uh, you can... And also, uh, believe that they have their first, uh, their season premiere out by now, I believe. So, uh, go and find them wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, as for Collateral Cinema, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Good Pods. Uh, go there and uh, like us, follow us, and uh, rate and review our episodes so we can climb the charts there. Uh, we also have a Patreon, a Podbean patron, and a Buy Me a Coffee uh, page. So if you have $5 and you want to help us uh, grow our podcasting community and everything with uh, Collateral Cinema and collateral, uh, collateral Gaming, and even if you want to maybe help out a little bit with uh, some of the filmmaking, uh, we should uh, probably have something set up for that very soon. Um, but yeah, hit us up there, become a patron and throw us $5 and help us grow. And, uh, you can also find us, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, uh, Apple 
Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, pretty much everywhere. Like tune in. Uh, you can find us on Alexa. Like, like if you have an Alexa, just say uh, Alexa, play Collateral Cinema, and uh, you, you, it should play for you. Nice. So yeah, and also check us out on YouTube. We have uh, pretty much all of our content there, and we should we should in the future here very soon be doing our first ever low budget late night episode, right, Robert? Hopefully, hopefully soon. So yeah, look for all of that. Look us up wherever you get your podcasts, and also yeah, definitely we're we're almost uh, to six thousand followers on Twitter or X or whatever that stupid fucking app is called. So yeah, if you don't mind de- still dealing with Elon Musk and his bullshit, yeah, follow us there, uh, and also Instagram and Facebook, and we have a, we have a shit posting group on Facebook as well, Collateral Media Podcasts. Uh, look us up there. Yeah, you'll like that group. <laughs> no, definitely. But happy Halloween, everybody. We hope that everybody has a safe uh, holiday. If you're out trick-or-treating, uh, be sure that you do so safely. And uh, anything else to add, Robert? No, that should be it. That should be it? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And this was Collateral Cinema Director's Cut in solidarity with the Writers Guild and SAG-AFTRA. It's like we we hope SAG-AFTRA gets the contract that they've been fighting for. WGA just got their contract. Let's see if SAG-AFTRA can. All right. Happy Halloween, y'all. Laters.